Hi, this is Carlos Centurion. I'm president of RiverLogic. Uh, welcome to another edition of Real Talks, a series of broadcasts designed to share uh, best practices, trends, and approaches to business transformation. Today, we're focusing on mastering value chain optimization. And we have with us Lee Devasier, vice president of logistics and network strategy at Pitney Bowes. Lee, thank you for joining us today. Would you please introduce yourself, your role, and Pitney Bowes? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me and having me on here today. It's a wonderful uh, opportunity. Um, so Pitney Bowes is a, uh, we, we have a, a couple branches of our company, a couple divisions. The, the, the division that, that I'm in is global e-commerce. We offer uh, lightweight e-commerce shipping solutions um, for final mile uh, with with end-to-end with, uh, -end delivery. Um, we have a final mile partnership with the United States, Par uh, United States Postal Service. Um, and so I lead our strategy team um, looking at our network connectivity, our network strategy, um, our our service excellence, and our and I also lead our postal uh, final mile uh, operations team. That's great. Then, uh, Lee, what prompted Pitney Bowes and your team to uh, embark on a business transformation around network optimization? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so, Pitney Bowes acquired a, a, a company around eight years ago that had a, an existing network uh, for parcel. Uh, uh, processing and, and, and network um, and, a, and a parcel network. And Pitney Bowes really needed to quickly understand, is that network sufficient? Is it, uh, are the facilities in the right place? Is it connected appropriately? And uh, didn't, ha didn't have a lot of time to, um, to complete one-off analysis on, on each site. It really needed a robust solution to understand um, what is the right network, the right network footprint, the right connectivity, uh, the right number of facilities, and in the right locations? And so, uh, really needed to to understand that quickly, uh, to right size some some cost and um, some some capex expenditures, and and really get uh, and get a, the right roadmap and the right strategy for the company to be successful, uh, not only today but in the future. And uh, what are some of the questions that you were trying to answer, uh, if you could go a little bit more in detail uh, in this business transformation? The first couple questions we wanted to answer are, 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 are our facilities in the correct location? Are they the right size? Do they serve the markets we need them to service? Um, and, is our, and that was the first set of questions. Uh, do we need additional facilities? Do we need less facilities? Uh, the second set of questions is around the connectivity of that network is what is the right connectivity between our facilities uh, that will allow us to, number one, control costs, but number two, meet our SLAs for our clients, uh, meet their expectations uh, for service performance uh, in, in a, uh, a cost-efficient way. And so the, the, the solve we were looking for was really, th those were two of the primary uh, objectives was right-sizing the network and then connecting the network and making sure those were optimum or, or optimal or effective. And uh, in order to answer these questions, uh, you were sharing with us before that you have a fairly detailed representation of your value chain um, in, in the form of a model. Mm -hmm. 
Um, can you uh, describe that uh, in, in uh, just a, a little high level, but uh, just to give people a flavor for how you represent your business digitally? Yeah, so a, a couple of the key pieces are we have uh, today we have 13 facilities. At one time we had 16, um, 16 facilities that process uh, packages in a variety of uh, configurations. Those facilities uh, range from very small manual operations to very large, uh, fully automated facilities. Uh, we have a third party transportation network that is supplemented by uh, a small um, internal fleet that we have. Um, so we have a very uh, robust uh, decision-making process for determining insource, insourcing versus outsourcing. So that, that transportation piece is, is, uh, is a, a big part of our model of understanding how we connect our network. Um, and so our, we have the facility footprint and the network footprint. And then we also have the bottlenecks of each facility. What, what are the limiting factors of each facility as we try to move volume around the network? Um, we're obviously trying to do this uh, to save fractions of a penny per package. Um, so that the, the end result is, is uh, profitability, uh, increased profitability. Yeah, and that's what I was uh, getting to. I know that you've been able to represent your network, um, let's say end-to-end, -end, but also in a great amount of detail, uh, which gives unique insights uh, that maybe you couldn't have before. Um, what are some of the most measurable results that you've been able to achieve so far? Yeah, so uh, the first thing, uh, I joined Pitney Bowes about a year and a half ago, and the first thing we were really stepping through right as I came on board was looking at our facility footprints and, and are they, do we need additional facilities? There were a couple markets that were that kept coming up that, that people thought we might need facilities. And and based on, you know, we're on the downturn of, of, um, of, uh, of the COVID uh, economic boom where the e-commerce, the, the e volume level is, is lighter than it was uh, a couple years ago uh, during the COVID uh, deal. But um, we, we essentially had to look at, do we need these facilities? And the answer was no, we don't need those. And quite frankly, we had a couple of facilities that were uh, very near uh, facilities that we had just automated. And so we were actually able to close a couple of those legacy facilities that were uh, didn't have any automation. They were more manual operations. And then most recently, we were we closed one of our largest facilities that was um, prior to our analysis with RiverLogic. It was believed to be the heart of the network. It was the the very central node, and uh, we we had actually uh, added some facilities that were that were near uh, that facility in terms of geography and, and had quite a bit of, of, uh, of capacity. So when we, when we ran the models and, and looked at all the different scenarios, the answers kept coming back that we didn't need that facility. And it was, um, that was a big change for us. And, and we were able to not only identify that, but validate that with, with our river logic, uh, uh, platform. And we just closed that facility. It's been about three months ago now. So, uh, we're anxiously uh, stepping into our our first peak season without it, and uh, that's that's some of our big results. It was um, it was arguably our, our our biggest building, so we we've closed it down, and um, we were able to do that with confidence that we gained here. 
Sounds like business transformation is uh, starting to have impact. Uh, what do you see as the next steps uh, here? Uh, next steps for us really involve really resolve, revolves around uh, the transportation piece. Uh, I want to get more granular and more detailed into uh, really the, the the right balance between insourcing and outsourcing, and do we expand uh, our insourcing opportunities, our insourcing uh, capabilities, meaning more trucks, more drivers? Um, do we take that on, or do we continue to uh, let more heavily leverage the third party? Uh, piece of our transportation. That's one piece. Uh, we started um, this summer, we started kind of playing around with, it was really just, a, we wanted to understand more about the sensitivity of the types of clients that we bring on board and how that affects our variable and fixed costs, and the, particularly on the transportation side. I want to lean more into that and to understand if, uh, you know, client opportunity A versus client opportunity B and what that does, how that changes the transportation spend and the transportation model. Does it, does it flip us more um, one way versus the other in, in with regards to in-source versus outsource? Uh, and what's the right frequency for those, for those movements? Um, really under the, the tool, the, the way we had the model built, it really allows us to understand very granularly, granularly what the what the right decision there is. And so want to spend more time with that. Uh, we also have been looking at optimizing um, the end-to-end -end piece of our, uh, of the whole process. So what I mean is what time does the, the volume arrive from a client to a Pitney Bowes facility? And how does that make its way through our network into the final provider, which is the United States Postal Service? To optimize that 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 total uh, length of, of of that package's life. So, how can we? Is there an opportunity to bring packages into our network at different times of the day or different times of the night, and where we can optimize uh, through through our facilities, through our transportation, all the way to the final porch delivery? Um, I think there's some opportunity there where some of our clients might we might have an early cutoff and they, their volume might arrive to our building earlier than it needs to, or maybe later than it needs to, depending on our, our capabilities of our network. So I really want to use uh, our model to to lean into that, to optimize the, the client arrivals. So looking at a more dynamic uh, approach to network optimization. Yes. Uh, can you provide, uh, given that you've been at this for now a year and a half, and I know in your uh, prior lives, uh, you also dealt with network optimization. Uh, what advice do you have for others that might be looking to embark on a similar journey? The biggest piece of advice I would have is, is throughout the history that, that I've had, my career that I've had with not only Pitney Bowes, but in a, in a previous, uh, my previous career, 28 years at a, at a larger competitor, um, a lot of times, people will try to solve for specific scenarios. And it's just, I have three scenarios or two scenarios and I want to solve for A versus B or A versus B versus C. Um, RiverLogic allows us to, to run the scenarios uh, unlimited or wide open, I guess you would say. So it really, it does not, it takes out the bias. So it says, here's your, here's your, your inputs, here's your constraints. What is, what's optimal? What's the best, uh, the way to run, you know, to solve whatever the whatever you're trying to solve for, and 
sometimes, not always, sometimes it will, there will be a, a result that you're not expecting, or maybe a slightly different result than you're expecting. Uh, we found that over and over again. Uh, I did not have any, uh, incl- we, nobody had an idea that we were going to close the facility we closed. That was because we ran the RiverLogic model and we ran it in a couple different, uh, with a couple different scenarios and it kept coming back with the same answer. And uh, so I would challenge people to, to look at, do you have a tool that will allow you to consider multiple or unlimited scenarios with your set of variables, your set of constraints? Um, I, would, I would argue that, that a lot of people don't, don't have the ability to do that. And I think that's a very powerful tool to have. And uh, for people that would have this tool, uh, what uh, skills would you say are required for success? Yeah, so um, on my team, I have uh, I have a couple of people with experience with with modeling tools with uh, that are that have some some light programming experience. I, I'm not sure that's entirely necessary, um, but it's helpful. Um, so my team can basically uh, configure new models if need be. Uh, they can certainly run and and uh, adjust the model we have um, with with very little ease uh, or very uh, very little trouble. Um, I, I would say that uh, it, it's helpful to have those skill, skills, but but not necessarily necessary. Um, we also have a data science team that we can rely on if uh, if we need some additional expertise. But quite frankly, the the best. Uh, tool that we've had or the best resource we've had has been has been your team Carlos it's uh you know if we get stuck we run a model and, and something doesn't uh, return correctly or doesn't return timely um, we just you know we were able to reach out and and ask for for help to, to see what's going on and see why we why we got an error or why it took longer than we expected or or whatever the case may be and um, it's been very very helpful but um, I think, uh, you know, an analyst level person is, is sufficient to be able to to, uh, to run the model and, and to be able to do what they need to do. Well, thanks, Lee. That uh, That's fantastic. And I really appreciate your sharing your thoughts uh, with our audience today. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, I think we've heard today that uh, uh, Pitney Bowes has been able to drive a business transformation with significant changes to your network. Uh, utilizing an end-to-end representation of the business uh, that goes, as Lee was saying, super granular uh, so that they can find the insights even driven by time of day. Um, And uh, that's some of the next steps is to continue to make this capability more and more dynamic. Uh, And uh, so far we are thrilled that we have this partnership with you. Uh, And uh, we look forward to working, continue working together in the future.